Welcome to the Say More podcast. Say More is an opportunity for Young Life's leadership to hear from each other, a chance to stay in the know, and a way to hear what matters to you and those you lead. In a global organization, communication isn't simply helpful, it's necessary in order for us to be the best leaders we can, so we know what's going on, and in the process, we know our role in helping move Young Life into what's next. Lauren Bocci here. I want to give you a little bit of a rundown as to how this episode is going to go. It's an episode kind of in two parts. The first part, you'll get to hear from Chad Edwards and Wiley Scott, who are the group senior vice presidents for the U.S. field. And you'll get to hear from them. This is actually an excerpt taken from a presentation they delivered a few weeks ago to some partners of ours, some partners in ministry. Um, And I had the honor of getting to hear them present, and they did an incredible job. And I thought, why not splice this up and make sure that you all get to hear it as well? So um, it's a really clear telling of the U.S. strategic plan and where we're going and known between now and 2030. And then I also got to sit down with Chad and Wiley and just hear a little bit more of the heart behind the plan and also a little bit more about them and their story and why they're here and why they're still here at Young Life. So with that being said, enjoy today's episode in two parts. A couple of things that underline this plan is from our needs assessment is number one, we really hadn't had seen very flat growth in our high school ministry across the United States. The second thing is that we really hadn't seen the kind of growth in diverse communities that we wanted to see. And finally, I would say the structure of our local areas Our job descriptions around our area director role really hadn't changed much as the culture around us has changed dramatically. So as we went through this process, the the center of everything we're going to talk about is the local area. How do we help ministry on the ground succeed to obviously reach more kids and to create disciples. And so we're excited. Wiley and I are going to tag team on this. As you know and known, we want to know Jesus, know kids, and make him known together. So we believe that the Lord is inviting us to basically double our impact by 2030, and, and we're kind of centering on, not kind of, we're centering on kids known by name because it, number one, encompasses who we are, right? We're the mission that goes. We're the mission that goes on turf and we meet kids individually. The second thing is this is one of our stats that we feel like we actually have some control over. You know, that this is up to us to inspire and encourage and equip people to go meet kids. And so... This is the thing we're praying through and talking about right now is what would it look like to reach 1 million kids by 2030 in the United States. And the strategy we've organized, four components, modeling relational ministry. And again, that centers around the volunteer and the local area. And Wiley will walk you through that. Developing kingdom leaders, a desire to create a pipeline of leaders and staff that represent the communities that we're working in, inspiring a volunteer movement. Those of you that know Young Life well know 
that uh, the power behind Young Life is that it's a volunteer movement. And what does it look like to have a volunteer movement that multiplies itself? We have volunteers that are making disciples who make disciples. And finally, this idea of going together. And we have a desire not just to bring diverse faces and skill sets into this vision, but also have some pretty different ideas of strategies moving forward that we're going to highlight a little bit today. So I'm going to pass it to Wiley, and you can share a little bit about modeling relational ministry. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Hey, uh, and I just want to uh, recap a few things, too. I think as we look at this whole strategy, one of the things that we want to do is have a clear rallying cry. And that's what we're hoping for with going after a million kids. It's clear. Uh, when we think about the, the four areas, this framework around these four things with known, it allows us to have alignment across the mission. So that's another thing we're doing. And then the other thing we're hoping for is that we can do this in a way that really empowers divisional leaders, uh, SVPs, RDs, ADs to come up with the right strategies around their geography. That if we create something that doesn't allow them to really run after what God has called them to do, we've done something wrong. So we're hoping that this framework does that. As we talk about those strategies, it's really about strengthening the area through empowering the area director. The idea that if we can get the area director back focused on their job. Um, so how we support the area director to do that is one of our key strategies. As we look at volunteers, which we know that's the core of who we are as a mission. That's how we get our work done. So how do we come up with unique strategies to recruit, onboard, and engage and equip volunteer leaders? Uh, the next thing you think about is our funding model. We, we Young Life's funding model does a great job of doing what it was created for. We're a very different mission today than we were then. So how do we adapt our approach of funding and sustaining ministry as we've grown as an organization? We have to look at that. And then the thing I think next is geographical strategies, which would incorporate how we're going to look at things like scale and segmentation. And so as you look at that, we've kind of incorporated that in these different four buckets, for lack of a better word. I'm going to talk about the first two. So when we look at modern relational ministry, I think that's where we come to strengthening areas, how we're going to empower the air director, looking at things like 70-30. What that means is that we want to free an air director up. We know we've actually put a lot of administrative tasks and other things on them that we want to free them up, that 70% of our time is being with kids and building missing community. And by mission community, we mean building volunteer leadership teams, building committee, spending time with donors. Uh, as we've surveyed our staff, one of the things that we know, the gaps are they need administrative help, they need the development help. So how are we going to specifically help them in those areas as we free them up to go model relational ministry? It's about empowering them and freeing them up. The next one is about developing kingdom leaders. As we think about this, we think short-term, long-term. But one of the things that we've already employed are things like next-gen, but it's a program that's really coming actually around uh, student staff where we actually have a cultural training and sensitivity around how we're doing that. And we've actually grown that. I think we've doubled the number of uh, ministries we have and we've actually recruited 170 staff in the last year, diverse staff into the mission because of that program. Delta is how we're looking at how we get, take staff from staff associate to an air director. So how do we come along and onboard them in a way that we can build sustainable ministry? And then partners for ministry work grant is another vehicle that we're doing around how we're coming alongside them, helping them build a prayer team, how they're building a network team and building long-term sustainability in the area. So those are all ways that will lead to us recruiting and retaining the right folks as we divide to build kingdom leaders. I'll let Chad do the last. Thank you, Wiley. So when we talk about a volunteer movement, Wiley mentioned this idea of mission community. 
And we think about mission community, we think about a group of people <clears throat> focused on Jesus on mission together, right, to reach adolescents in their community. And one of the things that we have noticed as we've kind of done our needs analysis is that it becomes easy for this group of people to be focused on young life first and not on Jesus first. And so part of creating a volunteer movement is leadership meetings and gatherings together where Jesus is the focus. And then we go on mission through the vehicle of young life. We, we think part of what will help create a volunteer movement is a volunteer leader certification program. This will be a national program that will uh, give training level at a, at a certain consistent level across the United States for what every volunteer leader should be prepared for and trained with. And our area directors, as we've shared this, there's a lot of energy and excitement around this. Areas, of course, could put their contextual training on top of what we would be doing nationally. We also have a huge focus on committee with this strategy and what what do we need to do to help equip committee, help teach our staff how to build mission community with their committee as well? And what does it look like to leverage adults in communities to reach more kids? And then finally, our volunteer pipeline, which starts, of course, with an introduction to Jesus through our club and personal relationships, and then involvement in campaigners, work crews, summer staff, and then a program some of you might not be familiar with, but our student leadership project, which is for high school students to really be in community together for a couple of weeks over the summer, bringing people together across the United States. It's an incredible developmental tool that we see in creating a volunteer movement. Next, I'll say going together, we, we there are a couple of key strategy changes that we see as incredibly significant in the next seven years as we go through known. The first, and these will happen at every level, they'll happen at a national level, a regional level, and then a local area level. The first is the idea of scale. And, and this is not new or radical concept, but it's something we haven't been very disciplined in, in US young life. There's been a desire to go to the next thing to start something and then move quickly to start something else. And therefore, we feel like we're an inch deep and a mile wide in a lot of places. As we've looked at data, one of the things for a school ministry that's become apparent is that if if there's if they know over 20% kids known by name in a school, that there's great momentum for ministry. That seems to be a tipping point where most of our ministries actually know less than 10% of kids known by name in schools. So what does it look like to have more volunteer leaders on a leadership team, have more focus on a school to build what we think is a get momentum and that 20% tipping point? Geographic scale as well, we're looking at the area director job description. There's a lot of lone rangers out there doing ministry by themselves. What does it look like for us to possibly have bigger areas with multiple staff where there can be shared resources, but not only shared resources, but really a sense of team. Jesus, of course, sent his disciples out in twos. Young Life's gotten away from that and sending a lot of people out by themselves. So this idea of scale is bringing, bringing us back to the idea of maybe fewer ministries to start with, but much deeper, healthier ministries and so we're looking at the local area. We're like, how can we create environments 
where staff and volunteers feel cared for, where they feel encouraged, and they and they want to stay in their jobs. And we think scale is a big part of that. The last thing that I'll talk about is segmentation. And segmentation is simply there are communities in every one of our cities that, that we've had a challenge reaching with our traditional young life model. And we picked five what we saw as potential segments in the United States that have been challenging for us to reach. African-American communities, Latino communities, Asian-American communities, communities in rural, small town areas, and then finally communities that are uh, becoming increasingly hostile to Christianity. And we met with staff working in those communities and two different focus groups. The first focus group asked, what are you doing right now to reach those communities? And the second is, if you could change anything and do Young Life the way you think you would want to do it to reach these communities, how different would it be? And it was shocking, first of all, how similar everyone's doing Young Life now, but if given the freedom and the resources, how different they would imagine Young Life would look like to reach the communities that they want to reach. And so we have some real intentionality, not just to give freedom to do that, but also to create resources and support real time in order to help them reach out. I'll give you one example of that, how we train our staff. Most of our staff that work in hard to fund, diverse, ethnically diverse contexts are bivocational or part-time. And our, our staff training model requires people to go away for five days to do a training. And so one of the things they said is we would change how we train our staff because it doesn't work for our context. That's just one example of many that we're excited to bring specific focus to specific communities and change the way we support the Young Life work there. This is how we're looking at the next eight years in phases, because we know it's not possible to come up with an eight-year strategy. And part of the strategy process is a constant learning and iteration of the strategy. So we're in phase one right now. Phase one for us has primarily been a recovery from COVID and a development of the tools, strategies, and resources that we're going to need to kick off phase two, which is coming in the 24-25 ministry year. So that's how we're thinking of the next eight years in a three-phased approach. Hey, um, I'm going to digress real quick to make a point. Um, some of you know I used to work in retail. And... Um, I used to work for Marshall Fields, owned by Target, and um, I have a lot of staff who were often caught not doing what they were, weren't supposed to be doing. And what I would do is just walk up and say, let's go for a walk. And I'll walk them out of the store, and then I walk back into the store, and I say, now I want you to pay attention. And I said, tell me what you see. And often they saw the disconnect between their peers and our customer. And what I tried to do is get them to understand their job from the customer perspective. And that's when we begin to turn things around. That we have a mission that we're going to actually have the impact we have to do. We have to get our focus on the AD, the people on the ground who actually are the heart of this mission, who get the work done. The heart of young life is a kid and a leader um, is who we are as a mission. And so how do we get back to that? And I think one of the things that we're trying to do is think about how can we get some short-term and long-term wins for our ADs. And some of the ways that we think we're going to get some short-term wins, immediate benefits, 
is when we look at air director support, when we come alongside them and really free them up. I'm talking to air director about this, uh, the idea of 70-30. He said, Wiley, that's like water on a parched ground. The idea that you guys understand that there are a lot of things taken away from the thing that we've been called to do and hired to do and be with kids and how we get freed up to do that. And like I said before, we know that um, volunteers are at the heart of our mission. And when we look at that, I think there's an opportunity for some operational effectiveness around staff and volunteers as we re-engage our um, air directors and really think about how we recruit and prepare and equip volunteers the impact that we can have with kids is gonna be phenomenal. And then uh, the, the things like Delta. And, and I think you guys can't underestimate the power it is when we have actually taken funds from things like the table and infused them into areas through things like NextGen and Partnership Ministry Work Grant and what we wanna do with Delta. That's real-time benefit to air directors to help them run after their job. And then long-term, like Chad said, you'll see more things like the segmentation and strategy as we really begin to understand our external climate and understand how we best deploy those things in the mission. You'll see those things more in the second phase of our strategy than once you're in the first phase. But our focus here is that we got to get back, focus on the air director as our primary client, our primary focus. This is getting them back at the center of what we're doing. Uh, our mission was started with the idea of every kid having a right to make a choice about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Adolescence is at the heart of what we're doing. Um, a lot of times I'm out in the field and people say, how's the mission doing? And lately I've been referring back to a moment we had at SLC with Newt leading the team. And we're trying to figure out known and, and he began to explain known by drawing a circle in the middle of a page that simply had Christ and kids. And that's the heart of the mission. When we center around this idea of adolescence, not high school, but adolescence is the heart of this mission. We actually broaden the vision and to confirm the calling of all of our people. And so the whole thing of this is that, that we, when we put high school ministry and when we call that young life, there's an unintended consequence because our call is adolescence. But when we look at high school, college, young lives, Capernaum, wildlife as vehicles for us to go after adolescence. And our hope is when a leader looks at a geography, their goal is to say, how can we reach as many adolescents as we can in this community or in this geography? And then which of these tools are the best tool for us to start with? That's our hope. But it's really getting back to Christ and kids, broadening the vision and confirming everybody's call. So if you work for Young Lives, you know, college or Capernaum, you don't feel like you're secondary. We're all primary. We're all living out a call. God has in our life to do one thing, and that's to go out to Christ and kids. Hey, this is Lauren Bocci, and I am here with two wonderful gentlemen. Uh, introduce yourselves, would you? I'm Wiley Scott, Group Senior Vice President for the Eastern part of the U.S. And I'm Chad Edwards, the group senior vice president for the Western part of the U.S. And we're thrilled to be with you today, Lauren. I always love getting to hang out with you too, but uh, I'm excited for you to share a little bit more of kind of the heart and the story behind both the strategy and also just a little bit more about who you guys are. We've heard the strategy. We've heard kind of how it came together. We've heard about how you guys set out to do the research and kind of where the Lord led you in building out the strategy. But what excites you the most as you are now in this point where you're like, you're, you're past the, the starting line in, in many cases you're, you're sprinting. And so what are you excited about as you see kind of the future of the mission and specific to, to the U S either in your plan or in known in general? I could give a, a start to that, Lauren. I, I would say 
that Wiley and I, over this two-year period of time, have really been disciplined in keeping the area director as the focus or center point of everything that we're thinking about strategically and practically for the plan. And that has really resonated with the leadership throughout the mission, our field leadership, our functional leadership. And I think the thing that I'm most excited about as we continue to work on the finishing touches on the strategy implementation is this idea of really almost returning to having the area, the local area, be the major focus. And we believe that the area director and the staff under the area are by far the most important staff positions we have in the mission of Young Life. Over time, we've probably imposed a lot of things on the area. And our hope with this strategic plan is that we're going to be taking some things off of the area director's plate and giving them resources, some capabilities, and hopefully some capacity to do what they're called to do, which is to build mission community, teams of mission community, both with volunteers and of course, ultimately with kids. I, I literally want to say ditto to what Chad just said. Um, yeah. If you. I was to um, simplify it, just from my mind is as a former basketball player, I think about, we want to get our staff back to core fundamental things, which is just going after kids with leaders in mission community. I think about the idea that we want to give them the ball and we want to set a pick and set them up to score. Uh, this is all about allowing them to do the things that God has called them to do. I feel like we've done a lot of the hard work of understanding as a mission what we need to do to position ourselves, to give them the resources and the clarity they need to go do what God has called them to do. So I'm super excited about knowing where we're going and just the spirit and the posture we've had to want to listen to the field, understand where they are and give them what they need so they can faithfully go and live out their call to reach lost kids. That's why we exist, to reach lost kids. And um, I'm super excited about us getting back to that work. I think a lot of our challenges, we need to have strategy, we need to have focus, but this whole idea of operational effectiveness, like really going back and doing things that we do best in the most effective and efficient way. And Chad said this, as a mission, as we've grown, we got to figure out how to take things out of off their plate, get out of their way and let our staff run after that. So I see that. I hope others in hearing that are really encouraged. So a lot of people probably have never had the chance to shake either of your hands, meet you guys in person. I would love to just kind of bring us back. You guys have each been on staff for a minute or two. Take us back a little bit to kind of when you knew, or was there an experience where you heard the Lord or experienced the Lord or a conversation? Just what, why are you here? Why are you at Young Life? Why are you continuing to invest in this ministry? Tell us that story. Start, Lauren, by just saying, first of all, I love that the mission of Young Life is big enough and broad enough. Came to the baseball field, built a relationship with me that the gospel just became clear to me. And then I was a volunteer leader at TCU. And then four years later, after graduation, was on Young Life staff. I think as I looked at why I've stayed on staff, I, I believe this. I believe if we sat down and we said, what would be the most effective way to evangelize the world? I believe we would come up with Young Life. If it didn't exist, we would say, 
adolescence, uh, we know most kids make, or most people make a commitment to Christ before the age of 18. We know that Jesus's model for ministry was relational and incarnational. We would probably use humor and adventure. And so I would just say, I think if we were looking for the most strategic vehicle to make the biggest in- impact on the kingdom of God, I, I believe it's young life. And every couple of years, I ask myself the question, ask the Lord the question, am, am I in the most strategic place to make an impact on your kingdom? And the Lord continues to affirm that, that this is that place. And, and I found that true in my own life and certainly have seen it in the fruit from our staff and volunteers around the globe. Wow. Um, when I hear you say that, Lauren, I think about what's, what's that young life moment? And, and that moment for me, uh, it's really interesting hearing Chad's story because I was not a young life kid, but it was in 1990 that I had my young life moment. And it was actually um, as I was uh, checking out Young Life, ended up at Lake Champion uh, in the back of a club room with about 300 kids that looked like me jam-packed in this club room. And I've never seen kids laugh as hard as I've seen these kids laugh. I've never seen kids sing the way these kids sing. And then Rudy Howard stood up and shared the gospel and you could hear a pin drop. And in that moment, 30-some years ago, I asked myself, what more could I give my life to than this? And the great thing about Young Life, I feel the same way today. What more could I give my life to than this? As I look at where adolescents, that's what I love about Known. It's really taking a hard look at where kids are and the significance of the gospel right now. The, The opportunity Young Life has right now to impact kids for an eternity, more so than ever, I believe. And I think, what more could I give my life to today? than that right now. Mm, so good. Lauren, um, as, as, I, as we look at the landscape today, I don't know that the task has ever seemed more overwhelming, right? To introduce adolescents to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. I, I was on a time where I was taking a walk, doing a, actually a prayer walk, and I was walking by a middle school that was just getting out. It was you know, three o'clock, the bells had gone off and kids were just flooding out of this middle school, hundreds and hundreds of kids. It's actually a school that we don't have young life at. And I just felt overwhelmed by our task at hand of being like, Lord, are we, are we even making a dent in reaching all of the teenagers that are out there? And I, I felt the Lord very clearly say to me, did Steve Pickard coming to your high school as a volunteer leader, did he make an impact on your life? Mm-hmm. And, and I was convicted. I was like, man, that made, that made the world of difference in my life. And I'm not sure where I'd be today if it weren't for that courageous leader stepping foot onto my campus. And so I think the task can seem overwhelming, and yet the individual impact on lives is unmistakable. And so as we're moving forward, we're moving forward into some challenging times, but with the confidence and courage, knowing that this is making a huge impact one life at a time. Mm, So good. Hey, Lauren, last thing I'll say is let's go. I just want to, I just think about let's go and be faithful to be faithful, to do the things God called us to do, but let's go. Yep. So good. 
All right, well, and with that, let's go. Let's go. We're gonna wrap this up. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, your time and we're excited. Thank you for the work that you put into this plan. I don't know how many hours you've been on planes. I don't know how many hours you've sat and thought and talked and listened, um, but we are grateful. So 